Philippians 1. We'll turn there quickly. But we will be in Romans chapter 15 for the majority of tonight's message. I do want to just remind you of the topic that we're looking at from Philippians chapter 1, striving together. And so just as a reminder, I'll, I'll read these verses. And we'll begin reading in verse 27. It says, let, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. And really that's our theme this year, striving together for the faith of the gospel. But we'll finish reading. I'll mention the latter verses here later on in the, in the message. But it says this, And in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God, for unto you is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on Him, but also to suffer for His sake, having the same conflict which ye saw in me and now here to be in me. So as you know, we've been talking about this idea of striving together, and uh, I believe it was last month we talked about striving and giving. And it was a quiet crowd. Uh, and I don't say that in a negative way or anything, but sometimes when we start talking about our pocketbook, uh, it can be a, a touchy subject. And uh, be faithful in your giving is what I'll say. Did you know God loves a cheerful giver? That ought to be enough reason just to give right there. Uh, to see God's love demonstrated in your life. And you can't outgive God in all those principles that we can go when it involves our giving and financial giving, I would say. Um, but I, I'm always reminded of the story of Ananias and Sapphira. They were more concerned with the wealth of this world and the, their image. And look how harshly God dealt with that. And really how quickly he did. You know, Ananias and Sapphira got together to conspire, to plot, to cheat, to try to get ahead. They sold the land, kept the dough. St. Peter said, you got to go. She cried, they died. <laughs> that's, a, that's a little song we used to sing in junior church. But the latter part of that says, the offerings all went up. She cried, they died, the offerings all went up. God loves the cheerful. That's what we used to sing. But think about that. All of your wealth... When it's time for you to depart, it's going to go to another person. It's not going to do you a lick of any good. And so the best thing that we can invest in is in eternity. And so that's just kind of a reminder of what we looked at last uh, month. But this month we're going to talk about striving in prayer. Striving in prayer. And for the adult Sunday school class, I apologize. Hopefully I haven't wearied you with the idea of prayer. But you need to be in prayer. Um, so as we continue tonight, we'll talk about striving in prayer. So if you would stand with me in honor of reading the Word of God. As I mentioned briefly, we'll be in Romans chapter 15. I guess I told you guys to turn there, but I'm not there myself. Romans 15, we'll read verses 30 through 33. Now I beseech you, brethren... For the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit, that ye strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. 
and that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea, and that my service, which I have for Jerusalem, may be accepted of the saints, that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God, and may with you be refreshed. Now the peace, or excuse me, now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Father, tonight as we take the next few moments out to look at your word, I pray that you would uh, speak to hearts. Lord, I pray that all that is said would be said for your glory. Lord, I pray that the emphasis would be where you would have it. I pray for your Holy Spirit leading. And Father, tonight we pray that we would leave this place closer to Christ because of the word that we hear. And Lord, certainly we want you to do more for the cause of Christ through this assembly of believers. And so, Father, please work in our midst. Change us to be more like Christ and to be better servants for Thee. We'll give You the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Ian Bounds made these statements. The church is looking for better methods. God is looking for better men. The Holy Ghost does not flow through methods, but through men. He does not come on machinery, but on men. He does not anoint plans, but men, men of prayer. He also said this, no prayer equals no power. Little prayer equals little power. Much prayer equals much power. I trust as the people of God tonight, you want God's power on our church. And I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about us as individuals. But we need the power of God in our lives to be effective in the work of the ministry. And so I make the assumption that you're a praying people because you're God's people. Uh, I hope that's true tonight. God's people ought to be a people of prayer. No question in my mind. Uh, the Apostle Paul, he, the word here he uses is beseech. He's beseeching them with urgency. He requests that the Romans strive with him in prayer. I think he understood the significance and the importance and the power of prayer. Boy, if we can get God behind this effort, who can stop it? Right? If we can get the mind of God in these matters, boy, no telling what we can accomplish for the cause of Christ. And, and don't forget what strive means. It means to fight, to labor fervently. So tonight, as we think of this idea of striving in prayer, we're talking about a fervent, laboring prayer. Uh, not the passing prayer to thank God for the food that you had this afternoon. I had a good lunch. We went out to eat with some friends. One of them didn't have a very good lunch, but I did. And uh, we gave the Lord thanks for that food. Uh, but certainly that not ought to be our only time to pray. Just because we're around people, oh boy, we better do the spiritual thing and pray. Listen, God wants to hear from you. And we can have power in our lives if we would but pray. And the Apostle Paul understood he needed prayer for his ministry to continue. Uh, he needed the people of God to get behind him and to support him. How often do we have missionaries come and listen, they say, I understand you may not be able to give financially, but you can pray for me. You can pray for our ministry. And, and certainly we ought to get behind uh, other ministries that we support. We ought to be praying for the Muldoons and the Myers and those folks that are specifically sent from here and all of our missionaries. But tonight I want to focus on are we praying for our church? 
And when I, I talk about church, I'm not just talking, Lord, bless our services, help everything to be hunky-dory. I'm talking praying for those that are laboring in, our, in, in the church ministries here. Praying for those that are teaching Sunday school and those that are teaching the teens. Praying that God would be with them, fill them. Uh, we need God's power to be effective ministers here. The apostle understood that he needed prayer, and we're no different today. Certainly, we are not any different. We ought to be praying for the ministries of our church here. Uh, so tonight, I would like to draw your attention to four thoughts or make four applications from this passage that we read. In verse 31, <clears throat> in Romans, it says this, "...that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea." And so the Apostle Paul is asking them to pray for deliverance. Paul requested prayer that he would be uh, delivered, not just for freedom's sake, and that, uh, but that the ministry would continue and to go forward. There were those that hindered him. There were Jewish leaders that accounted him an apostate, uh, and he at least at times was hindered by them. Uh, can you imagine the Apostle Paul? Uh, you think of Saul that was saved out of the Jewish uh, religion, and those that no doubt wanted to take his life. Adam Clark says this, that I may be delivered from them that do not believe. He knew that his countrymen, who, he had, not who had not received the gospel, lay in wait for his life. And no doubt they thought they should do God's service by destroying him. Not only in his apostate in their apprehension from the Jewish religion, but as one whom was laboring to subvert and entirely destroy it. So the Apostle Paul had enemies after his conversion. Uh, to Christ, no doubt. There were, those, there were those that would hinder him. And so I believe that is uh, the ultimate context here. But as we make application to us, perhaps tonight there are some that need deliverance from their past. We all have a past, do we not? Our past can hinder the work of the ministry. And I can't help but think, I, I, when pastor was preaching this morning, I thought, my goodness, I'm talking about this tonight. And I pulled up my notes and showed them to my wife. As my witness, she knows these notes were done before he preached. I'm not just stealing his material. Listen, maybe your family relationships prevent you from going on for Christ. Family can be difficult. Especially if you're saved out of another religion, a different church that doesn't align with what you currently believe. According to the Word of God, that can be a hindrance. I'll never forget as a young a uh, young man, <clears throat> I had uh, gotten baptized and I began attending church faithfully and we had family come to town. And I was really close with my cousins. We spent a lot of time together. I, I would go to Montana and spend pretty much the whole summer in Montana with my aunt and uncle and my cousins there. And, and they came to town and it was on a Sunday. They wanted to go out and uh, go to the park or do something. And I said, listen, I'm going to go to church. And my cousin tried the whole, we are the church thing on me. And I said, listen, I need to be faithful to the house of God. I'm going to go to church. And, and I was ridiculed. And I'll tell you what, from that day till now, my relationship with that particular cousin has never been the same. Uh, and, and that's sad. And we don't have hard feelings against each other. But listen, our family can hinder us from ministry. They can hold us back. They don't always see the importance of us being faithful to our God in the house of God. And that's just one example uh, maybe your past life of sin hinders you at times. Maybe there's failures since you've become a Christian that hold you back. 
We need to forget those things which are behind and press forward. The Apostle Paul is praying for deliverance from those that would want to take his life, from those that hindered him, really from his past and those things that are holding him back to minister. Uh, He's praying for deliverance. Do you pray for those among us that have difficulties and challenges in life? Our church family needs prayer. They need prayer over criticism. Well, if we're not careful, we can be really critical of, well, I wonder why they do this. I wonder why they do that. Listen, you don't know their past. You don't know the challenges that they face in this life. You don't know the difficulties that they have. Pray that God would deliver them and give them the ability to continue to minister. And I would also add, don't use your past as an excuse. Sometimes if we're not careful, we can do that. There was a man that had given his life to the ministry, Wayne Williams. I'll never forget, Cindy and I and our family, we got here, and Pastor Williams was emeritus. And, but I'll never forget him down here in his wheelchair. Just saying, press forward, go on. And so here's a man that, that gave his life 40 plus years to establish and to see this church go forward for Christ. And in his latter years, what does he want to do? He wants to go forward. Certainly he didn't have the physical ability that he once did, but he wanted to go forward. He, he wanted to press on. How dare we neglect our responsibility to carry forward the work of God here that's been established. And to use our past, to use any excuse to hinder the ministry here. And so what am I saying tonight? You ought to pray that God would deliver us from any hindrances in ministry. Because they're there. Did you know in Christ we have the victory? He's overcome the world. In Christ we're more than conquerors. That's exciting. These things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. Listen, I'm not telling you it's going to be easy. We looked at the latter part of of chapter 1 in in Philippians there. We read those. There's going to be suffering. There's going to be challenges. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. The Savior says. Those things don't have to hold us down. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us so. Go back to Romans chapter 8. If you're still in Romans, it's just a couple pages away. Verse 37, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us so. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 33, or verse 34, <clears throat> excuse me, 35, Who shall separate us? From the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril. Listen, nothing's going to separate us. We have the victory. But do we pray for God to give us the victory? Do we pray that God would remove the hindrances of those that are ministering here? And by the way, I think I've beat this enough. Every single person here has a ministry to do. Your ministry might not be up here at the pulpit. Your ministry may not be on a van route. Your ministry may be in the the closet of prayer. Your ministry may be somewhere that's unnoticed and unknown because it's not a visible thing that takes place, but it is needed anyway. There's folks every, 
every day of the week, mostly here at the church, doing something to ensure the facility is ready, to ensure the ministries are able to operate. Many people don't even know that those things are taking place behind the scenes. So there are people that are ministering. Uh, listen, what am I telling you? That all those people have hinder- all those people have hindrances in their life. I don't wake up every day feeling like a daisy, fresh as a daisy, ready to tackle the world. Some days I don't want to do things. Everyone experiences that in life, but what do we need to do? We need to pray that God would give us the gumption to go forth. Ministry is hard at times. There will be challenges. Listen, don't allow your past or anything present to prevent you from moving forward for Christ. And certainly we ought to be in prayer and ask God that He would work in the circumstances of our lives, that He would get the glory in our ministry. Uh, we ought to be praying God's Word has free course among the ministries of our church. 2 Thessalonians 3, verses 1 and 2, Finally, my brethren, pray for us that the Word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. It says this, For all men have not faith. Sometimes we're going to face opposition because there's people that don't believe what we believe. There's going to be challenges. There's wicked people out there. And so listen, we need to pray that God would give us deliverance that we might minister effectively. It's not about us, but about the gospel of Christ. It's about God's word going forward with power. And so we ought to pray that our people that minister here would be delivered from any hindrance that they can go forward. Do you pray for our church? Do you pray for the teachers? Do you pray for the nursery workers? I stopped by the nursery this morning and there were 10 babies in there. And that was a light day as of recent. I think that we have 16, 17 babies in there at times. That's nuts. I had three children. That was a challenge at times. 16 babies? Listen, our nursery workers need prayer. If nothing else, they just need to be encouraged to keep going on because, boy, that can be challenging week after week. And these are real struggles that we have because we're, we're human. We have a flesh, and, and sometimes ministry isn't fun. Sometimes it is a challenge. Sometimes it is difficult. Uh, pray for them. Do you pray for pastor? That God would give him what we need? We can go on and on. Do you pray for the longs and the youth? Uh, for the vitamins as they minister to the preteens? Are you praying that Saturation Saturday would be effective? Are you praying that our door knocking efforts as people go out at other times that aren't even Saturation Saturday, right? They're ministering. Pray that, pray that the Word of God would go forth, that God would deliver people from any hindrances. We ought to be striving in prayer for the deliverance of hindrances among our fellowship. Praying that God would allow everyone to minister as He's intended them to do. Verse 31 goes on, it says this, that my service, which I have for Jerusalem, may be accepted of the saints. And so we ought to be praying for acceptance. Pray that the service or the ministry of one another will be accepted. In the context here, service to be accepted was, was a financial gift for those. And, and uh, there are some differing thoughts that I found out about this on why the gift may be rejected. Uh, but the most common thought and the one that I agreed with is uh, many of the converts from Judaism might be indisposed to receive an offering made by the Gentiles. They were better than that. We don't, we don't need this from any of those guys. Uh, 
they may have retained many of the former feelings that the Gentiles were polluted and, and really that their, their gift wasn't good enough. But the Apostle Paul said, I want this to be accepted. Uh, people had given and, and labored to be a blessing to others. And we need to be careful uh, that we pray that the word of God would be received. Our society is no different today. The gospel isn't readily received by most. Uh, it is a hard thing to receive for many. Matthew 7, 13-14, Enter ye into the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Well, when you start talking about how exclusive salvation is, that's not always received. People don't want to accept that idea. They want to, they want to, I'm good enough. I've been a good person. Boy, I go to such and such church and, and, and listen, I tithe. Well, praise God. Keep, but listen, that's not how you get to the Father. It's through Christ and Christ alone. And we ought to be praying that as our people minister, that it's received. That it finds good ground, we might say. Listen, don't ever forget, salvation is in but one name, in Jesus Christ. And certainly we understand it will be rejected by some. But we ought to be praying that the seed would fall on good ground. I'm reminded of Saul's conversion. And this is what the Lord is, is going to send him out to do in Acts 26, 18 to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Boy, the Lord said, Paul, I'm going to send you out. I want to see people saved. Our Savior came to seek and to save that which was lost. Paul's desire later on we read, and actually it's in the book of Romans here in chapter 10, Brother, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. The Apostle Paul prayed that the Word of God be received in the lives of his countrymen. He wanted his people to be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Listen, there's a lot of folks out there, they think they got this thing figured out. I do go to church, I do this or I do that, but listen, it's in Christ and Christ alone, nothing else. And that's not always easy to receive, and so we need to pray that our gospel, our preaching, our ministry would be accepted of those that we minister to. Do you pray that the kids on the van route would understand their need of a Savior and turn to Christ? Listen, we can feed them, send them home with a lunch, and if we never meet their spiritual need, it's no value. We need to pray that God would work in their life. That they would come to know Christ as their Savior. We can name ministry after ministry. The whole point of what we do here is so that people will be saved. Boy, we want to see people saved and certainly and then disciple them. Did you know Jesus prayed for those? He prayed for us to be saved. John 17, 18, and 20, As thou hast sent me into the world, even so 
have I also sent them into the world, and for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the faith or through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Boy, the Lord was praying for those that were lost, that were going to be ministered to, that they would hear the word and they would turn to him. Listen, our prayer ought to be that the ministry of those that we labor together with here will be accepted by those that we're ministering to. Pray that people will receive Christ. What are we doing if that's not the emphasis? What are we doing? We, there, there's clubs all around the city of Rapid. We can go hang out at the VFW, at the Rosary Club. I don't know what they all are. I just know the VFW because I got an invitation there. But the reality is, it's about reaching people for Christ. And so we ought to be praying that people will receive the message. And by the way, it's not our message. (laughs) And so when they don't receive it and they reject it, don't get all down in the dumps and get gloomy. Listen, they rejected Christ first. That may happen. It's not about you. It's about the gospel. But we ought to be prayer warriors praying that our ministries would be effective and accepted by those that we're ministering to. And then in verse 32, it says that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God. And so we need to be praying for guidance. Did you know Paul made plans to come and to go to many places for the sake of ministry? But we see it throughout the book of Acts and in other places. And he asked for God's will in the matter. He's asking other people to strive that God's will would be done in his desire to come. And so everything that we do, we ought to be seeking the Lord's will. We need to pray for God's will to be accomplished in our ministries. What bus routes should we run? Some people will just say, that's not a big deal. Just pick an area and go. No, what does God want to do? What Sunday school classes do we want to have? How can we minister to the needs more directly if we divide up and change some things and, and minister to certain age groups or to certain Uh, categories or stages of life. Where do we go door knocking? These are important things. Now listen, we can just go and go and go and go and run ourselves ragged, but boy, we want God's mind on the matter. Boy, I want to be in the right neighborhood. We do the Saturation Saturday, and I, I seriously, I look at the map and I pray and I say, God, what do you want me to do? And I'm not saying he comes down from heaven and, and takes his finger and says, Justin, how about right? Highlight this section. But I do get peace about, hey, I think the Lord would have us in this neighborhood. Listen, what I'm saying is we just need to ask God for His direction in everything that we do. We need to ask God for what building to meet in. Does God want us in this one? My prayer is He doesn't. But the reality is, what is God's will? What does he want? And, and listen, if, if, our, if our ministry is accepted by more people, we can't stay here. So are you praying that people will receive it? People will get saved and our church is enlarged and it grows? I don't want to stay here just for that simple fact that we can reach more people for Christ. 
But certainly we want God's timing and God's mind on the matter. The list can go on and on. I encourage you to take a moment and, and instead of just praying for the church in general, yeah, pray for pastor and pray for this, pray for that. Try to mark out all the things that you know people do and pray for those things. I was, write, I was writing some things down the other day and Cindy said, what are you doing? I, and this is not me patting myself on the back. I was thought, there were some things that I wasn't in my mind fully comprehending that was taking place. And so while it was on my heart, I was like, you know, let's write these things down. And I was like, Lord, we, we need you to work in each one of these. Don't pray for the Sunday school teachers. Pray for Karen Williams. Pray for Ken Long. Pray for Jared and Christy Alstrom. Pray for Adam Jones as he leads and directs the Sunday school. Listen, I'm talking about getting serious about God working in our midst. Listen, God wants an intimate relationship with us. God wants, listen, God knows all those things that are taking place in our church. Half the people in our church probably have no clue. How can we effectively pray? And I'm not condemning anyone tonight, but what I'm saying is, do you know what's going on and are you praying for the things that are taking place here? We ought to be praying that God uses us and, and, and that he can direct our ministries here. What ministries does God want us in the future to have? Listen, we don't want to have the ministries just because that's what all good old Baptists do. We want Christ to be preeminent and we want God's mind on all the matters that we endeavor. We're not just cherry picking something because we saw it work over here. We, listen, I don't care if it worked over there. What does God want here at Liberty? And I'm, I'm all for ideas. I'm all for changing and I'm all for adapting, but I want to do it the way God has intended for our church, for this people. And for our community. We need God's mind on how we minister. God, help us to minister in the way that He directs rather than the way that we think we should just because we've seen it work somewhere else. Believe me, I have a lot of ideas. Uh, And and listen, I have more ideas than we have laborers. I want to get into our public schools. That's a burden on my heart. I have two friends of mine, and uh, actually Freeze Heiberg that was here for Vacation Bible School. He's in, the pub, he's in the middle schools in Spokane, Washington. Listen, we're talking liberal Washington here. might not be California, but it's on its way. What am I saying here? There's a lot of opportunities that we neglect to take advantage of. And I'm not saying let's just go do that because they're doing that. I'm, what does God want? Maybe we can minister there. But in order to do so, if we want to expand, if we want to enlarge our coasts, if you will, if we want to do more for Christ, we need laborers. And so we ought to be praying that God would send laborers, but we want to pray that our labor is what God would truly have us to do here. We want to be led of the Lord. Is He the Master? Is He truly the Lord in your life and in our ministries here at Liberty? It ought to be that way. And lastly tonight, the Apostle Paul, I'll make a little bit of application here. Verse 32, it says this, that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God. And so there again, the will of God. And look what it says here, and may be with you, and may with you be refreshed. He was praying for a refreshing. And we have deliverance, acceptance, guidance. So I made up a word tonight, refreshments. 
I was trying to make it look, sound right, right? Some of you don't appreciate that, I can tell. So I got into thesaurus and everything. Like, what word can I use that would... So I had to make one up. Listen, do you pray that our gatherings will be refreshing? We must pray that God would have liberty to move among us and help us to be an encouragement to one another. Our gathering here weekly is not just to appease our conscience and to check the box of church attendance. You ought to come to church with a purpose. As we gather week after week, we must be careful not to let it become routine. Did you know the Lord gathers with us? For where there are two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We must not neglect the importance of coming into this place prepared, prayed up, if you will. Have you prayed that God would bless our services? Listen, I had a great day today. And I'm sorry if I'm capstoning off this Sunday in a bad way, just because I'm a poor preacher, but it's exciting to be in the house of God. It's exciting to see God work in the hearts of people. Listen, there's people that come in here every week that are hurting. They're struggling. They have challenges in life. And maybe perhaps this is the one place where they can come and get a little bit of encouragement to just keep carrying on for the cause of Christ, to keep ministering, stay faithful, because they know that there are other people that are like-minded that can come in here and be encouraged. Are you praying that our, our fellowship would be a blessing? It's very important to gather together as God's people. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. And I love, this is Hebrews 10, 23, but I love the parenthetical here. It says, for he is faithful that promised. Listen, our profession of faith, we don't need to waver because he is faithful. We can trust him. That's just an encouragement right there. Uh, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Listen, and we, we looked at Philippians, and we know that we'll face adversaries. We'll face challenges in this world, and, and we will suffer for Christ to some extent. But this shouldn't be the place that we do that. What a shame for those people that come to church and they're criticized and put down. And Cindy and I were talking, and, and we met a... Uh, Actually, it's her coworker. Cindy's been trying to witness to her and encourage her, and she wants nothing to do with coming to church. She was somewhere one time, and, and this lady was very rude to her. And because of that, she's committed to not going to church again. This ought not be that place. Boy, we want to minister to people. We want to encourage people. This place should be a place of healing and encouragement. Leave your critical spirit at the door. But better yet, get right with God and get victory over your prideful, critical attitude toward others. Just get right with God about it. Your way isn't the only way. Your way isn't always the right way. And I, we ought to endeavor to enter this place with a purpose of encouraging others to go forward for Christ. 
This is, listen, church has been a refreshment to me today. My prayer and our prayer ought to be that everyone feels that way. So as we close tonight, I ask, are you striving in prayer? I challenge you to pray that this body of believers here at Liberty would keep the main thing the main thing. Pray that this place, that in this place, the Word of God would go forth with power, with free course. That we would be delivered from hindrances, that our our ministering or our service would be accepted. Pray that it's all done according to the will of God. And listen, pray that it would be refreshing to those that come. We have a hurting world. They ought to feel welcome when they come here. And it begins with us loving one another. When they come into the house of God and they see that this is a people that love one another, that will point them to the Lord. Boy, this church is different. There's something different about that place. Are we striving together in prayer? Heavenly Father, we do thank You for this day. Lord, I thank You, Lord, for this thought. And Lord, I pray that we would be a people of prayer. And Lord, we do pray that You would work in our ministries here. Father, we pray for Your will, Your direction and guidance. And Father, we pray that as we minister, Lord, that it would be received and accepted by those that we're ministering to. Father, certainly we want to see people saved. And so, Lord, we pray that you just work in our hearts and in our lives and help us to love one another as we ought to. And, Lord, we pray that others would see that and that it would cause them to look to you. Now, Father, as we go to the invitation, we pray for you to work in the hearts as you see fit, that each one would be drawn near to you tonight through it. Help us to be yielding to what you have in Jesus' name. Amen.